Star Wars 7x7 episode 2,935. It's a Spinner Sunday episode, and we were doing coverage of the Obi-Wan Kenobi storytelling prior to the launch of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, but new Obi-Wan storytelling continues to come out, and today we're going to talk about the second issue in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series from Marvel Comics, which takes place in the time period before The Phantom Menace, while Obi-Wan is still a Padawan. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy, and thank you so much for joining me for it. So, what we're seeing with this Obi-Wan Kenobi series is a framing story where Obi-Wan is much closer to the events of A New Hope than he is to the events of Revenge of the Sith. And he is battening down the hatches in his home because there's a giant sandstorm coming and while he's sitting there, you know, waiting for it to come, he is, I guess, doing calligraphy for all intents and purposes because it looks like a paintbrush in his journal as he's inscribing the Arabesh and reflecting on some of his early experiences. So the first issue of this five-issue miniseries focused on a story that took place when Obi-Wan was a youngling. This particular story takes place when he is a Padawan, and so yes, that means it features Qui-Gon Jinn as well. Now, this is gonna be a full spoiler episode because this has been out for a while, so I think we're okay, but you know, I'm not necessarily gonna get too spoilery. I'm just saying, yeah, you know, it's probably possible I'm gonna say something. So, <laughs> basically, the story revolves around a distress call from a planet called Kodia, which is nearby Batu, as it turns out, though that doesn't get mentioned in the story. It just just so happens that when I looked up uh, Wikipedia to find out whether Cody has been referenced before, apparently it has, and it was mentioned in Cole Horton's Traveler's Guide to Batuu, and also the Force Awakens role-playing game initially, so that's kind of crazy, but yeah, I love how they work this stuff in from other sources and make it part of the actual storytelling, not just part of the reference material. And so the reason why this distress signal has come is because one of the moons is becoming engulfed in darkness, which doesn't make sense to Obi-Wan as they are flying to the planet, but when they get down to the planet and, or get down to the moon, I should say, they see what the distress signal is talking about because it looks dark on the planet. They don't understand why it seems to be dark. And even when they eventually turn on their lightsabers, the lightsabers seem dim. Now there's a very snarly red-eyed creature on the cover of this issue. And so in my head, I had a moment where I was like, oh my gosh, are we gonna see one of the nameless in this thing? But it doesn't you know, look like a nameless. It definitely has a more wolf-like appearance. And it turns out it's from a species called the Defle, D-E-F, and they are apparently very sensitive to light and can manipulate light. And what's happening is there is basically an issue where they do diamond mining on this moon and some bad guys have shown up and sabotaged a power core. But because of that, it's causing radiation to leak and it's a particular kind of radiation that affects the visible spectrum of light. I thought that was a really cool idea. So as the radiation grows stronger, spreads out more, it ends up dimming the visible spectrum of light to the point where people think they're essentially going blind. And for Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon getting there, they're surprised because it does look like it's getting darker and darker even though they're senses as far as they can tell aren't having any issues but it does look like their lightsabers are dimming as well they're not necessarily dimming it's just the visible light radiation affecting it 
So as it turns out, the member of the mining crew that happens to be of the Deffel species is really badly affected by the situation and kind of loses his mind and goes nuts and ends up killing all of the pirates and scoundrels and bad guys that came to sabotage the mining operation and steal all the diamonds that were being mined for themselves. So on the one hand, oh yeah, it's terrible that he killed all these people, but gee whiz, it's lucky that he only killed the bad guys. And Obi-Wan's reflecting on this particular point of light and shadow and the interplay of it within people and, you know, species characters. I'm referring to people as, you know, from any species, basically. So that neither is the victor in his estimation. And he's thinking about it also in terms of his experience with Maul. And so this is one of the coolest things about this particular issue is the fact that he is also having flashbacks and relating this story to his experience with meeting Maul on Tatooine from Star Wars Rebels. And Obi-Wan's thinking about his own need to stay within the light and how easy it is to kind of slip into the comfort of oblivion, so to speak, and also feeling the pull of darkness from Maul when Maul showed up on Tatooine and you know, sensing the sadness and the horror going through him as he lay dying in Kenobi's arms. That was particularly cool for me, seeing the connection to the Rebels series in this issue. So, the whole light and darkness thing definitely plays on a couple of different levels. It's the light and darkness within oneself as well as the light and darkness within the environment that they have to deal with in this particular emergency situation. And there's a couple other fun little moments that I want to flag for you too. One of the things that Obi-Wan wonders because of the darkening and dimming is whether this could have anything to do with the Sith. And Qui-Gon says, now like you know and I know that the Sith have long been gone and so that can't be it. And there's a little box of Obi-Wan reflecting from the current time period, from the just before A New Hope period, saying, yeah, I wonder if things would have been different if we had known then, as opposed to finding out on Tatooine that the Sith had returned, that being a reference, of course, to the Phantom Menace and Darth Maul showing up. And as this Deffel character is losing his mind and attacking people and manipulating the light around him so it's already hard enough to see anything with the radiation affecting the visible light spectrum, but then this character also being able to make themselves disappear, Obi-Wan has a moment where he has to sink into the force and not trust his eyes basically so it's definitely a bit of a callback to that moment in A New Hope when they're on the Falcon and Luke is practicing with the training droid and Obi-Wan gives him the the helmet with the blast shield down and he says your eyes can deceive you don't trust them well that's basically what happens in this particular moment Obi-Wan kind of learns that lesson for himself he closes his eyes and he's able to sense in the force where this character is so he's able to knock him back and drive him away at that moment when otherwise trying to use his eyes it hadn't worked so yeah it's a good story an entertaining story and also has some very cool connections to the prequels and the original trilogy and also star wars rebels too so that's obi-wan number two and that is going to do it for this episode of the show it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.